0: On a floor that has made most of the great stars of the NBA, Jason Tatum shines the brightest. Howard Beck, Locked On NBA Playoff Offseason Insider, joins me. It's Locked On NBA. It's now. Howard Beck joining me, longtime NBA writer, maybe three decades worth of NBA writing at the biggest names of all of the papers in the country, LA Times, New York Times, Sports Illustrated, Bleach Report, you name it, he's done it. I'm David Locke. I actually was the first ever host of Locked On NBA somewhere along the way. I'm also the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. We're going to touch on Jason Tatum's unbelievable performance yesterday. We're going to look at the coaching carousel that might just be about to go poof. Around the NBA, Nuggets and Lakers get ready to go. Oh, dear Memphis, what are you going to do? It's so sad, and you have no options. We'll talk about that, plus there's more. Warriors next step, lots of stuff going on. Howard, great to have you. This league has been made at the Garden. Like, that's... I know New Yorkers want to believe it's Madison Square, but it's actually the Boston Garden that's made this league, that's had this, where the greatest moments have taken place, where Johnny Most has screamed he stole the ball, And Jason Tatum on that stage, on the Broadway of the NBA, was about, I mean, just flabbergastingly great yesterday.
1: Uh, He was awesome. I guess if anyone's going to nitpick, David, they're going to say that uh, that garden is not this garden and the Madison Square Garden is still at least continuously the same building, although they did gut it and redo it from the inside, but whatever. Uh, The TD Garden, not the Boston Garden. The parquet is the parquet. And symbolically, if not literally, um, yes, all of those legends have made their, their names, um, including some opposing legends as well, of course, on that parquet. But what Tatum did, 51 points in a closeout, surpassing what Steph Curry had done in a, in a, or in, in a game seven, I should say, surpassing what, what Steph had done in a game seven just, just a couple weeks ago. Um, absolutely incredible. On a day that, that you are closing out the actual MVP of this past season, Joel Embiid, who did not play uh, anything remotely like an MVP, Tatum looked like the best player on earth for, uh, for four quarters. And it, Fascinating, too, because I, like I, there were moments in this series where I wasn't sure where Tatum's head or game was, and that included most of game six. Before he suddenly in the fourth quarter of that game decided, you know what, we're not we're not going down. And, and that's going to be the one that's good. That, that 51 in game seven, we will all remember and Tatum will remember and Celtics fans will remember for a very long time. But the Sixers should go into the offseason still haunted by what they uh, the opportunity that they squandered on their home court. In Game Six, because they had the Celtics on the ropes, they were at home. Tatum had had a flat game to that point, a non-existent game to that point, and they let Tatum go off in the fourth quarter. And the next thing you know, there's a Game Seven, and the next thing you know, the Sixers go from what seemed like a fairly competitive first half to I don't I don't know what happened. Uh, the, the, the the Sixers it seemed like they just kind of like collectively decided it's it's time to go on vacation.
0: Every bad stereotype of the Philadelphia 76ers, of James Harden, of Doc Rivers, of Joel Embiid surfaced in like three minutes and a narrative that is not going to die anytime soon. Whether accurate or not, you could decide. Jason Tatum might have just been so great that he broke their will, but their will
1: broke. It, It did, but, you know, it also just looked like and maybe it is that right. Sometimes you're just taking too many blows and you're just like, we can't keep up. And then it just deflates the whole, uh, the whole collection of, of players there. But I think I look at Harden and I look at Embiid and I look at just kind of the, 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 the body language of that team and their two stars in particular. And you just said it, you know, where this is only reinforcing all the skepticism we've ever had about these guys. It just looked like they had nothing left, whether that was physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, it was just shocking how, how deflated and passive they suddenly looked um, as that third quarter started to develop. And as the, the Celtics start pulling away, it looked like the Sixers had no will to counterpunch. And they certainly had the talent to do so. Now, is this, a, is this just the um, – I don't want to start building in excuses for the Sixers, but is, is, is this just the, the uh, uh, you know, overall impact of Embiid playing on a sprained LCL for the last however many weeks, you know he, he sprains his knee in the in the in the tail end of the net series. He presumably wasn't you know the, if if it had been a, a normal part of the season he could have been out he would have just been resting for a month. Um, is it that? Is it something else? Is it that James Harden still doesn't have the stamina after all these years because we've seen this happen to him again and again and again? But here they were on the verge of and I listen I think about this in, through the prism of Harden more than Embiid. I know Embiid's the MVP. He's got he's the one with the target on him now. He's the younger one. Embiid's still got plenty of years left to try to, 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 you know, change his postseason narrative. There have been circumstances. He's, you know, Doc said it yesterday and I don't think Doc's wrong to say this. It'd be nice if MB just had one postseason where he was really healthy and we can do the whole cliche about everybody's banged up this time of year. Yes, but there's degrees of that. And that was a, 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 I think, a serious ish knee injury that, you know, especially for a guy of his size who needs to do all the things he does and not just under the basket, but uh, you know, up and down the floor and on the perimeter. That's a really tough one to deal with. Harden has no excuse in my mind. This 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 was yet another version of Harden. Yes, he had a couple of great games in the series. He had a, he had some outstanding moments in this postseason, but this this is absolutely reinforcing everything that we've seen in a very long postseason track record from James Harden where he repeatedly fails to deliver when his team's need him most.
0: Harden's pretty interesting. No NBA finals and yet probably a 2 or 3 year run where he was the greatest offensive player in the world and maybe a two or three year run where he was like the greatest offense player the game had ever seen. Like if you go back and look at those isolation numbers and what he was doing, like there was no, there was no one better. He kind of, he really altered the game in the same way Steph did. And yet there's no moment. There's no game. There's no win that you say put next to James Harden's name.
1: No, we're going to remember his career the way we remember. I'm, I'm trying to think of like who the best comp is, you know, like he, he doesn't play anything like Carmelo. But Carmelo is a guy who in his era was, you know, an elite scorer. Every team feared him. Every team's game planning for him. And Carmelo Anthony made one conference finals in his career um, and never really did anything of note in the postseason overall. Now, that said, at least Carmelo and I'd have to I'd have to look to double check this. But off the top of my head, I don't recall that we ever came out of any of those series thinking Carmelo didn't bring it right. The, his other flaws in his game. I, you know, I never thought Carmelo was enough of a playmaker, enough of a defender, Um, but I don't recall us ever coming away from a playoff series and thinking that his team lost because Carmelo Anthony was just seemed disinterested uh, or 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 just flat. And that's the problem for James Harden. Is like, and, and the reason I, I draw the comparison, I'm just looking for another person of of the last couple of eras who scored a lot, who's going to be on every all time list for all kinds of other reasons, but just doesn't have the postseason resume. That's that's the first comp I think of. But that said, like you know, Harden's extra burden is that he has all these moments where it just it seemed like he just couldn't even muster the will to come through. He just fades that I, I wouldn't put on Carmelo.
0: I, I do want to say this. Like I I have a page of notes from that first half. Like I thought it was one of the most fascinating first halves. I actually stopped the game with about four minutes left in the second quarter and went back and restarted watching it because there were so many strategy things or all sorts of interesting things going on. Uh, like Philadelphia had figured out if we come from the weak side on Robert Williams, he can't get back to where he's supposed to be. The, the Celtics were engaging Embiid in a way that, I mean, there was, and then it just didn't matter. Like at some point, you know what, this is about like, this is about Jason Tatum going bananas. We can talk about Harden. We can talk like, it didn't matter what James Harden did yesterday. Jason Tatum went bananas in like a historically great manner in a game seven. None of the, we can, we can have all the other narratives, but like this right here, as much as I took irrelevant, throw it away. It doesn't matter
1: you go as far as your great players will take you in this league. Um, Always been the case. And sure, like there are moments where, you know, you have like, you know, in the Celtics case, they're going to have like the Malcolm Brogdon game, right? Or the Lakers in, uh, you know, in this postseason, there was the Austin Reeves game or a Rui Hachimura game. But I mean, you know, there are those moments. Uh, Role players really matter, especially the deeper you get. But generally speaking, especially in a game seven, you go as far as, as your stars will take you. And this is the contrast Tatum brought his absolute best when his team needed it most to close out this series and Harden and Embiid couldn't match it. Not individually, not combined. Um, Harden three for 11, three for 11, five turnovers. Joel Embiid five for 18, four turnovers. Uh, the
0: problem is the 11. Yeah. The problem on the Harden number is the 11, not the three, like balls sometimes don't go with the eleven you got to be, like, willing the game.
1: Yeah. He's yeah.
0: Howard back. He's one of the best NBA guys there is out there. He joins Locked On NBA every Monday, plus bounces around our local channels. He's our Locked On NBA playoff and offseason expert. There's a game of coaching carousel going on right now with great ones. Mike Budenholzer, Monty Williams, Nick Nurse. Is there a new one that's going to enter in? Land, where are they all landing? Is someone going to trade for a coach? We got nutty stuff that might happen here in the next two, week or two. We'll talk about that. Plus, who's the favorite in the NBA playoffs at this point? More coming up with Howard Beck here on Locked On NBA. Today's show is brought to you in part by Price Picks. We've still got it for you, the 100% deposit match at Price Picks. Download the Prize Picks app at pricepicks.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and... You got it. You got a hundred percent deposit match. Now, there's some other great things going on at Prize Picks right now. If you enter in on any given day at Prize Picks, one lucky person will be selected, and that person has a chance to win a million dollars from Prize Picks. Here's what you do you go to prizepicks.com million, and you make sure you've entered in. And if you're selected, you get six pick flex and the following payouts one million for six. If you get five of the six right, you get 80,000. Four picks right at 16,000. One person every day is being chosen to be a lucky chance to win a be a millionaire. But you must f- uh, be eligible. You must opt in at prizepicks.com slash million. Prize picks, two to six players you pick. You can win up 25% of your money. You're not competing against other people, just against the projections. And you still have the locked on 100% deposit match. Go to prizepicks.com, download the app, first-time users. You can receive 100% instant deposit match. Put in 50, you get 50. Put in 72.50, you get 72.50. Put in 200, still you get 100. So don't get greedy. All right, it is prizepicks.com. Download the app. Howard Beck is along with me. Howard, who is the favorite?
1: <laughs> to win it all now? Yep. It's Boston. It was Boston, in my mind, the moment that the bucks fell to the Heat in the first round. And I actually was leaning Boston when the postseason started anyway. We were all debating, is it Celtics, is it Bucks? They seemed like the two strongest teams in the NBA period, not just the East, when the postseason began. And the second the heat upset the Bucks, my first reaction was, this has cleared the path for the Celtics. Now, the Celtics still kind of messed around for a while there, and there were moments where it looked like they, they weren't going to survive. Um, first, they messed around with the Hawks, and, you know, then you know the, the Sixers. Um, but the Celtics looked like they're getting stronger as the postseason – uh, progresses. The Heat are going to give them some problems because the Heat give everybody problems. The Heat are a pain in the butt in the best way possible. The Heat do not have the firepower to keep up with the Celtics. Like, I know it's been a fun uh, joyride here. Um, I know we shouldn't underestimate the Heat at this stage, but the Celtics are by far the best team they'll have faced. I, I, don't, I don't anticipate this is going to be a very long series. And then, you know, in the West, it's not that I'm underestimating the Denver Nuggets who have been one of the best teams in the NBA all season. I'm not, it's not that I'm, I'm underestimating the Lakers who I absolutely believed could make this run once they finally fixed their roster. But, and we'll get into to that, you know, the, the, I think like Lakers nuggets a little bit too, but like, I just, I'm not I'm I've uncertainties about these teams that I don't have about the Celtics, right? What do like, do you
0: have that's uncertain about Denver? They've been really dominant, right? I mean they they have. They, they only games Phoenix won were when Devin Booker went ballistic.
1: I'm gonna say something obnoxious. You ready? Yep. You know, you I you know me, I'm not prone to hot takes, and I'm not prone to to being obnoxious about this kind of stuff. This is not to diminish anything the Nuggets have done so far, but I don't think that they've truly been tested in this postseason and now that happens when you're number 1 seed right you when you're number 1 you earn the right to blow the doors off some weak 8 seed that's there just for the so that the league can have games to play and have advertisers and money to make right like the 1-8 is is usually perfunctory the heat upsetting the bucks notwithstanding its a rarity um so you're not going to be tested in round 1 but in round 2 you got a suns team that was supposed to be among the favorites, I listen one. I never bought into the Suns, so this is not me uh, rev- revising history. I never bought into the Suns, and I think you know this. But here were the Suns, they come in having this very short, uh, you know, uh, run with Durant in their lineup in the regular season, and then they the Suns themselves roll through a Clippers team that's completely broken in the first round. So even the Suns weren't tested in the first round. So I, I don't want to we should not be building up the Suns and saying the Nuggets made had some great accomplishment by knocking out Durant and Booker. Durant, who at this stage of his career, um, yes, is capable of some dominant games, but he's not the Durant who was winning championships with the Warriors a few years back. He's post-Achilles, and he also didn't have that, that long of a run with the Suns for them to all get acclimated to each other. They had no bench, no depth, and then they lose their arguably third best player in Chris Paul along the way. Then they lose their fourth best player, Indy Andre Ayton for the for the closeout game this wasn't a great team Booker is great Durant is great but you know what Durant and Kyrie are both pretty potent too and they got swept a year ago by the Celtics in the first round when they were in Brooklyn so
0: Denver wins this series in five and just wipes the Lakers of the floor are you buying
1: them well yeah of course my point is they haven't been tested yet my point is not not to is it Lakers my point is not to say i have doubts about the greatness of the nuggets my point is to say that we have not actually seen them tested yet and i do think that anthony davis who at his best is the best uh defensive big in the nba and he's playing like that right now that is the biggest test Jokic will have faced in this postseason for sure the last time they faced each other in 2020 Jokic was not yet an MVP, so a little hard to, to, to judge through that prism. But it is interesting to look back at 2020. Anthony Davis in that series averaged 31 points on 54% shooting in that series. The Lakers won in five. LeBron averaged 27, 10, and 9 in that series. LeBron's not averaging those kinds of numbers anymore. Um, and, and and you know maybe that gear is still there. We'll see. Uh, the third leading scorer for the Lakers in that series was Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's now a Nugget, so that's fun um jamal murray was the leading scorer for the nuggets in that series 25 points a game 25 4 and 70 average Jokic was 22 7 and 5 again not yet crowned an mvp that would come the following season their third leading scorer the nuggets was jeremy grant who's of course uh now a, a portland trailblazer michael porter jr averaged only 12 points a game he was effectively a rookie then right he had missed his entire rookie season that was his first full season so he was so jamal so um Michael Porter Jr. has not yet become Michael Porter Jr. in that series. Jokic has not become this Jokic in that series. So it's hard to to judge, even though it's only three years ago, the Nuggets are are a much more advanced team, and they now have Aaron Gordon. They've got different pieces. They've got Caldwell Pope. Um, Both of these teams have essentially changed their entire supporting casts around their, their two stars. So I don't know that 2020 has any template to offer us other than I'm very fascinated by Anthony Davis versus Jokic because this will be by far the biggest test Jokic has faced. There aren't a lot of guys who can deal with Jokic period in this league. I'm not sure that anyone can, honestly, I think he's and maybe different. not. Yeah.
0: And I think, I think the one thing that happens here. So the late, what's interesting about this, Denver's the best offense team in the league. They've been the best shooting team in the league for two years in a row. Their effective field goal percentage regular season this year was like nearly 58%. I mean, it's a crazy number. Um, they're just as good as shooters in the playoffs. And then, Really, what I think most people have missed on the Lakers is since the trade deadline, they're actually the number one defensive team in the NBA, and they've been the number one defensive team in the playoffs. Here's the one thing I think happens, unless they can figure out a way to not not have Anthony Davis guard Jokic, but I I don't know how they're going to do that. Maybe he guards Aaron Gordon, and they just make Aaron Gordon shoot 10 corner threes. Jokic brings Anthony Davis to 15, to 18, to 19, to 20 feet, and all the action starts to happen behind Anthony Davis. Sure,
1: yeah.
0: The Lakers have got to find a way to avoid that because – when you've got Aaron Gordon back cutting or Contavious Caldwell pub back, and also Jamal Murray coming off the handoff or this and that all going on at the same time because Jokic is the master, Anthony Davis suddenly gets frozen at 15 to 18 feet and the Lakers are in trouble. Darvin Ham's had a brilliant playoff. He's going to have to find a way to keep Anthony Davis impactful at the rim in the way he was in that last series.
1: And I know that Jokic is not your traditional back-to-the-basket center who's going to stand there and, you know, banging on the low post. whatever. But Jokic is really effective as a scorer from close range. Now, he also can shoot a little, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I-, I think maybe I'd rather have Anthony Davis guarding Jokic 17 feet out and Jokic orchestrating, and then you figure out how to deal with the backdoor cuts and everything else, than I would dealing with Jokic versus somebody who's not Anthony Davis down low, right? Like, I, I, think-, I think I'm okay with that. Um, but yes, sure. It takes Anthony Davis away from the basket as, as a rim protector. Uh, but you know, as you noted, the Lakers have been the best defense in the NBA for the last couple of months. Um, I, I, I like their ability to throttle Jamal Murray and, you know, uh, you know, keep Aaron Gordon from, from slashing to the hoop. Like though, I don't know. I, you think it's a short series. I, I think this one could, could go the distance. I think this is a long series I, and, and the, the Lakers have, you know, when it comes down to the core guys, LeBron James has won a bunch of championships and Anthony Davis has won along with him. Um, and, and this is, this is the biggest task that these nuggets will have had. Um, this is a team that, that largely does not have uh, this, this degree of, of experience at this level. Like, is this an experience series or this is just a, a talent experience, uh, talent series? Is it a youth versus old legs series? Because the Lakers still need to get a lot out of LeBron and Anthony Davis, um i know Le- i know anthony davis isn't that old but he feels old with all of his injuries and lebron certainly is uh i i i think i think this could be a, a long series for sure um i'm i i think it's a to me it's a coin flip i don't even know i i i don't know who's coming out of this series uh i'm i'm confident in the celtics coming out of the east i'm i'm confident in the celtics beating whoever comes out of the west it's interesting i'm not hopeful that either of these are
0: going to be great series. Like I kind of feel like hmm. Miami and the Lakers have put everything. Now the fact that Miami got a few extra days off might change that. I feel like those two teams put everything they got, and that they just might not have a lot left. Like this is really exhausting and really tiring. We'll see um, on that. All right, we do new, we're going to do coaching carousel and then some rapid fire, quick quick hits with Howard back here of Locked On NBA Playoff Insider and Offseason Expert here on Locked On NBA. Joins Locked On NBA every Monday. Uh, Jackson Gatlin's got his regular show up for Lockdown NBA running through the three biggest stories of the week and then the regular crew comes with you with a lottery party by the way lottery party six o'clock or eight o'clock eastern on the Lockdown NBA YouTube feed all of us hanging out we get voted off in Survivor Island every single time one of our teams show up and we have to leave it's sad it means we don't get Victor it's all coming up on Lockdown NBA this week Howard Beck is along with us all right Howard Place place the coach. This is craziness. All right, Monty to Milwaukee. Nick <laughs> Nurse, it? Nick Nurse to Phoenix. I, listen, Mike, Tony to Philadelphia. I, I know, to ESPN. Uh. Does Tyrone <laughs> Lou stay in L.A. or does somebody does somebody acquire Tyrone Lou from the Clippers? Like, what's about to happen here?
1: Oh man, I do not recall in my time covering this league. This is twenty six seasons, not quite thirty yet. Locke. 26
0: right, so I, um I 30 i mean i was only putting you on my left like i, got I started the- in
1: 97 so i
0: started in 92
1: 3 yeah um so i do not recall an offseason yes we're used to having a coaching carousel in the nba and there are there are seasons where it's just a bloodbath and everybody gets fired um there are, and seasons where there's only a handful i do not recall a, a scenario where literally i think three of the best coaches and three of the most recently accomplished coaches right I'm talking about Bud, who won a championship. Nurse, who won a championship. Monty, who was in the finals against Bud. All three being out at in the, at the same time and potentially all just trading places in some fashion or another is is just bizarre. And I know, like it's it's kind of the way of things in pro sports. Often coaches they get fired by one team, they're immediately hired by another. Like that's normal. But three of three guys who have all been to the finals and/or won a championship in recent history who could all just switch jobs is very strange. Um, And then on top of it, doc, who obviously is very accomplished himself. uh, Not, not yet fired, not dead yet. Um, So
0: not as of recording,
1: not as of, as of, uh, you know, nine 23 Eastern on Monday um, to, to, to give things away to the listeners. Um, Maybe that happens. I know he's been on the hot seat for a while. uh, And Daryl Moore didn't hire him. And, and the Sixers have a lot to consider right now. Um, And then Teron Liu. Here's the interesting thing on the Lou front. He's been speculated about with all these jobs, despite the fact that he's still under contract with the Clippers. The reason for that, that I don't feel like has been stated much, is there have been rumblings for a while that, you know, not from the Clipper side of it, but that Lou himself might be getting impatient with the situation there, that it's been wearing on him, that he never has his stars available. and, And who could blame him, right? So if Lou is available, it's probably because... And again, this is just rumblings. This is not, I'm not breaking news here. Don't aggregate this. Like, But my understanding is that there has been some concern on Lou's part about just the state of affairs there with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George never being available, which would be totally understandable. So if somebody comes for him, I don't know the Clippers are going to want to let him go and they don't have to, by the way, but maybe it's a situation like when we saw Doc go from Boston to the Clippers where it's, you know, draft compensation or something. And Yes. I could absolutely see uh, the Raptors the Suns the Bucks all be interested.
0: Like if you saw if tomorrow if, if Phoenix acquired Tyron Lue and Nick Nurse became the head coach of the Clippers back with Kawhi Kevin Durant with Tyron Lue like n- none of us would be be like stunned yeah. and like is cool. that that's the way to say it. Like it sounds crazy. None of us in the circles of like where the murmurs are happening would be stunned. Now Nick Nurse could end up in Phoenix as well. Um, we to see what Milwaukee does. You fire Mike Budenholzer. It's hard to find a coach with a better resume or than Mike Budenholzer. That that's going to be a hard one for Milwaukee. If I well,
1: out. yeah. And, and you and I both, you and I both know this. Like it's not always about um, finding a a better coach. Like, you know, yes. Tactically speaking, is there anybody better? It's not always that sometimes it's just a matter of you just need a different voice. Uh, You just need a refresh. And, you know, I, I don't think the bucks are trying to find a quote unquote better coach than Bud, but maybe a better fit or a, just a different voice.
0: Uh. And then Toronto, who they hire, is still kind of out there. Uh, let's go rapid fire for to wrap this up. What do the Golden State Warriors look like on opening night next year?
1: First order of business, re-sign Bob Myers, whatever it takes, so that Myers is then the one to deal with the very delicate Draymond Green and Clay Thompson situations, right? Both of them eligible for extensions, and in, in Draymond's case, he could also opt out. You want them back, but you want them back without having to extend them on max deals. And I'd rather have Bob Myers uh, smoothing those, the, that negotiation than somebody else. But I think all those principles are back next year. Myers, Kerr, their core three guys. The question is going to be what they do with Poole. Can you get value for him? Do you trade Kuminga in an effort to uh, replenish other aspects of your roster? Would you put Moody on the table? Would you put Wiggins on the table? Uh, but I think the core of the Warriors is back.
0: Does Tom Thibodeau coach the New York Knicks next year the whole season?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, they, they overachieved this season by far their season was an absolute success. No matter where they went out, the fact that they were in the second round at all, the fact that they were even the fifth seed in the East all exceeded expectations. Certainly go back and look at all the preseason prognostications, the odds, everything, Um, which I think buys him a lot of latitude. And I do think, their difficulty their challenge this offseason is they this as as per usual this is what tibbs does he gets the absolute most from your team or more than could be expected the problem is then it raises the bar and i don't think the knicks have any further to go with this like they they do have some young guys who can take other steps but you really don't have a superstar to build around uh jalen brunson's now playing like one of the best point guards in the league so that's a great start but julius randall keeps doing this thing where he fades in the postseason. You can't count on on him being the other star. So you need need somebody. And I don't know how you get him. Every Knicks fan, I'm in New York, obviously. Every Knicks fan in New York wants to throw Julius Randle overboard right now. But Julius Randle plus stuff plus other young players or picks or whatever is not getting you your second star. Right? Like, that's that's the thing that's being bandied about. But nobody in the league is fooled by Julius Randle anymore. than Knicks fans are fooled by Julius Randle at this stage.
0: Do you have any feeling – I don't know if Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell were surprises, but I don't think if we were sitting here on May 15th last year we would have expected both of them to be traded. Like, I think – I expected
1: would, one. I, yes, I absolutely expected at least one of them to be traded, yes.
0: Do you have any feeling on what the next – marquee name to
1: be moved is and when the guys that i think everybody is keeping an eye on around the league are in no particular order and in no particular likelihood right there has been some trey young discussion i think probably that's it's too soon for that and i think even the people who are speculating on that understand it's too soon for that but that's one to keep an eye on carl anthony towns is one because um, we still aren't sure if the, if the Towns gobert thing is going to work, and they they can't they they gave away too much to get Gobert to trade him. He's the guy who's going to anchor your defense. Anthony Edwards is there to stay. Well, if you're going to move forward, if you're going to make any, if you're going to do anything dramatic in Minnesota, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But Towns is the guy to keep an eye on there, and then, and that's a situation the people around the league have had their eyes on. If Harden leaves Embiid, if Harden goes back to Houston as rumored. Does that trigger a Joel Embiid? It's time for me to move on as well. That's that like that one's further further out there on if, if we were ranking these. But again, it is something that people around the league talk about. Is it, are we coming to a point where Joel Embiid's going to be frustrated enough to want to leave Philly? It's just a it's just a question. No one's saying it's likely. No one's saying they think he's going to. It's just this is something that people around the league keep an eye on. Cause this is what, this is what people around the league do, right? Especially people who are like the pro personnel guys, whose entire jobs is to, to try to figure out who's available and when, and whether they're a good fit with your team. Those are the guys. I don't think I'm missing anybody. Like we're, when we're looking for just discontented stars or, or shaky situations. I think that's the group right now. And I'm, I'm going to. And the, the
0: question is whether you conclude Luca.
1: I don't think we're, I don't think we're there yet with Luca. Um, I, I think if that moment's coming, it would be you know a year from now if things are still really bad there. And if they haven't found any, any uh real support for him. So um no, the, the Luka one I think is is way, way, way premature.
0: Final two. More surprised if James Harden's wearing a Rockets uniform or a
1: Sixers uniform next year? <laughs> uh I'm gonna say it this way. I will be more surprised if he's wearing a Rockets uniform, only because my view, and it's not my career to decide. It's James Harden's career to decide. But in my view, his best, uh, his his best path forward at this stage of his career is, is to stay with Joel Embiid, and 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 put the onus on Daryl Morey in the front office to do whatever else you can to you know upgrade the roster, or whatever else. And I'm not saying it's not on the stars; it is on the stars. But like, Harden and Embiid need each other, and if Harden's going back to Houston, he's basically If I'll just say it like this, if James Harden decides he would rather be in Houston. I don't think it's unfair to conclude that James Harden doesn't care about winning a championship in his career. The The Rockets are nowhere near ready to compete at that level. Nowhere near. He's going to a young rebuilding team with some young talent that has some promise, but also some definite concerns. If he goes back to Houston, it's it's for comfort and lifestyle and everything else other than basketball. And it means that he is leaving the literal MVP of the league right now to go play with a bunch of young guys who aren't ready to win yet. And he's not at a stage of his career that he can be the one to anchor them and lead them either. Um, so because of that, and because I would like to believe that James Harden is more interested in winning, I think he's more likely to be in Philly. Final minute with Howard back.
0: Uh, my wife was a 20 year sports reporter might've summed this best up yesterday at mother's day at the table. And I said, Oh dear, what does Memphis do? And she said, well, they've got a real pickle.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh what does Memphis do? Remember when their biggest issue was what to do about Dylan Brooks? Um that was nice. That was that, that was, was last week. Yeah, that was cute. Um man, uh yes. I do not envy anybody in that organization having to deal with this. Um you know, there are sometimes there are problems of your own making as a team. This is obviously not that. Uh John Morant, I mean, I, I, first time I've ever can recall again in 26 years covering the league that somebody had to suspend a player during the off season. i don't even know what an offseason suspension looks like other than i guess you can't come to team facilities which maybe he wasn't anywhere near anyway um I, he's gonna he is certainly facing a suspension from the nba this time not a team suspension but the league is going to be the one to to drop the hammer um so now it's affecting next season you're not trading him he's one of the best young players in the nba and 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 he's a spectacular player besides um you know not just competitively but obviously visually like he's he sells tickets um and and like no amount of mobilizing you know your 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 support staff and getting a guy help counseling whatever this that like no amount of that changes or or can it can change what a guy wants to do himself right if John morant wants to be cruising around flashing guns on instagram live as he's now done twice i like you there's only so much you can do he's a grown man um he's either going to get it together or he isn't and i think the best the only thing the grizzlies can do is take a deep breath be patient offer all the resources available have all the conversations you can have but i don't i don't know that there's any other like what what can you do you ride this out (laughs) what's that they're marketing
0: Jaron Jackson Jr. for this offseason. Like, no,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> like, that's really it. They have no, they can't, you're right. No, you're 100% right. Like, he's too yeah. good. You're not moving him. You're not moving him on a 10 cents on the dollar. Though every, um, 29 teams would acquire him right now. Um, it's like, and I think you said it well. It's not of their making, which is too bad because Taylor Jenkins is one of the three or four best coaches in the league. That group, that front office has done a brilliant job and they're just in a pickle a yeah. terrible pickle and i mean obviously you don't want john moran john Marantz playing you know i don't know if this is probably not the right phrase but feels like he's playing a little russian roulette with like his own safety um and so let's hope he's not
1: it's it's sad and alarming it's sad and it was sad and alarming the first time it it's 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 profound <laughs> i need adverbs profoundly sad and alarming now i mean i i just it it, it I, I, I i did not see that coming david I, I saw that over the weekend, like everybody else. And my jaw dropped I, like again, really? Right. Oh my God. Uh, that is Howard back. You'll catch him throughout the week on our lockdown NBA shows.
0: We'll back here with you. He'll be back with you Monday with Nick Engstead next Monday. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for being in every day or on lockdown NBA and on your team's podcast. It's the lockdown podcast network, your team every day.